You're listening to Permission to Shine, the podcast by Sharice Bisram. The Oxford Dictionary describes permission as the action of officially allowing someone to do a particular thing, consent, authorization. What if you were that someone and you gave yourself the permission to be everything you wanted to be and more? No more playing small and accepting less than. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, regardless of what it is that you've been through. And honestly, it's exactly what you've been through that has shaped you into the version of yourself that you are now. Like a diamond, you've endured so much, but instead of breaking, you have become stronger and brighter. And if that's not a reason to shine, then I don't know what is. And if nature can do it, then why the hell can't you? You are brave, you are strong, you are powerful and you are enough. Hear my call and give yourself the permission to shine because you don't realise how many people are inspired by your light. Like, share, follow, subscribe and listen out for more. Stay tuned. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to episode five. I'm really excited today because I've got one of my best friends on with me. Now, she's never done a podcast before, so this is all super new for her. Although she did do a bit of radio in her time back in the day. Um, she is full of personality, but so much depth and she has so much to say and I hope that, yeah, everything that she shares resonates to some degree. Um, she's also really funny. I hope you find her funny because I think she's hilarious. But um, yes, I will welcome in my best friend, Jade Price. Hello. What an introduction, Miss Bizram. Thank you so much. <laughs> Is that over now? Can I go? <laughs> no. Um, so, okay, for people that don't know you, Jade, say a little mm-hmm. bit about what your job role is and also... Um, what else you are known for you'll know my cue by that yes um so professionally if you like um as professional as possible I am a substance and alcohol misuse recovery worker uh so I will I've got a caseload of clients who um struggle with substance misuse um whether that be illicit drug use or alcohol use um and it's about kind of putting them on the path of kind of recovery um, and helping them overcome their addiction problems. Mm, and why might people know you? People may may know me um, for my self-published book, Normal. Um, a oh my god, how embarrassing! I forgot my own title of my book. Uh, <laughs> Normal. A what, what's the title of my memoir? That's it. A memoir of grief and healing. I mean, it's been out yeah. for a few years, mate. So you know, out for a few years, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, and it's incredible that you wrote that book. And I guess um, some people might think that those two things, like the book about grief and and the job that you're in now, have completely mm. no synchronicity. But actually, a lot of our conversations about how are they linked. So, if you want to kind of tell the listeners about your life, how you come to write in the book, and then also how that now links with your career, and it's funny, isn't it? Because actually, we only really correlated the two recently like that wasn't something that we thought was all connected until we started unpacking together so yeah tell us a little bit about your life and the the writing of the book and everything yeah absolutely um so you know way back into childhood I had a pretty pretty decent childhood to be fair no trauma in in childhood that I can think of um but then obviously my world crumbled in 2016 um I lost my mum in 2016 on the 8th of January. Um, she was, at the time, she was unwell, um, not to the extent that we expected um, a passing, 
um, but she had gone into a hospital uh, just for a routine kind of procedure. Uh, she had to have an acidic drain from her stomach. Um, she went in on the Tuesday and by the Friday she had passed away. Um, and I was only 25 then. So kind of the peak of life, I suppose. Now I'm 32, that, that saddens me even more, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I just, it was, and I wrote about this in the book, one of the, one of the only things I can describe it as is I was in a snow globe um, and I was the figure in a snow globe that was completely still when everything around me was just spinning out of control. Um, and at that moment, I didn't know it, but at that moment, that's when my life completely changed. Um, some for the good, some for the bad. Um, and it was, a, and I know you're fully aware of this, but it is a completely life-shattering experience. Um, I'd completely changed as a person, maybe without knowing. Uh, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And there's no other way to describe grief. Um, it's an instant trauma. Um, it's not something that builds up. And it's definitely not linear. Uh, grief is a monster. It is an absolute monster. Um, and I struggled. I struggled for a very, very long time uh, until I started putting pen to paper, really. Um, and I can honestly say that the book, as cliche as it may sound, but the book did save my life. Um, that's why, you know, it, it, writing the book was never about, oh, you know, getting a name for myself or or it being successful or numbers or anything like that the book started out as self-help therapy almost you know um and then it just took on a life of its own uh and it kept me it kept me going for a very very long time um I dedicated every Sunday to writing and it was literally every Sunday near enough 24 hours sometimes of pure pure soul bearing um and I've always kind of enjoyed I've always kind of enjoyed creative aspects in life. Um, and I always used to make stories up, like weird stories, actually. I'm obviously not going to disclose them now. Um, nothing that weird. But do you know, like when you're a kid and you just make up, like, I don't know, once upon a time, I went to a land far, far away, that sort of stuff. I really enjoyed that kind of aspect of creating a different universe, in a sense. So, I suppose for, for me in a really, really unnatural um, and abnormal setting of, you know, losing my mum, I found comfort and normality in something that was almost second nature to me um, to put pen to paper, you know? Um, so yeah, it just, it, 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 it was just my therapy, you know? And I never ever imagined at the time it helping anyone else because I was and that's the thing with grief you're so ch channeled in your own bubble almost uh to the point that you actually kind of neglect that other people around you are also grieving mm. um but yeah I mean the, the book and I it's weird because I read some of it back occasionally now um <clears throat> and it's so clear to see the progression not only from the start of the grief through the middle of the grief and then now looking back from what from the position I'm in in life now compared to the ending of the book as much as such it again complete parallel people mm. complete different people and and growth is the only word that you can I can really come that comes to mind when I when I think that yeah absolutely and I think um 
like me and Jade have known each other since school so you know everything Jade touched on then about even writing you know like expressive writing was always your thing you were always mm. like there at lunchtime with the teacher writing and doing things like that oh, listen I was a little boffin let's not let's not <laughs> pretend I was a boffin and I'm not afraid to say it my English teacher gave me a nickname of the queen of metaphors so you don't get that for being you know not good no, at writing but do you know what that's good I mean we, we all we need to be like the term boffin is made to be like a not cool name but uh, it's cool it's oh listen cool, I, I, I'm cool I'm cool I know that's I, I was it. cool exactly. I was cool yeah do you know what I mean um but I think yeah this is where me and Jade kind of we synchronize on a lot of things obviously losing a parent and we had this like mm. joke that we said like dead parent club didn't we because we were like well you yeah. know we know but but that, because I'd experienced it I felt like I was able to constantly ask Jade through that process, are you okay? Because that's something that people don't ask. And um, mm. I do feel like I probably more than others asked you that, but also got the answer. You know, like I feel like you were quite, yeah. you you was over the surface for a lot of people, but I feel like I did get a gritty answer from you every now and again. Mm. And, you know, it's so important to say that, it is life-changing you know like I completely went through that process myself but equally experiencing it from as a best friend from from your perspective um watching you go through the change and everything changing around you and I think you know the, the only light I can shed on that was the fact that I would say that before this happened you were really you'd go above and beyond for everyone else you'd people please you would there'd be not set boundaries whereas the minute that all shifted for you, you got so clear on what was important to you and how you wanted life to be. And you started to take life by the hands instead of just like blaseing through everything. And I think that was a real yeah. powerful thing. And then, and the minute you start to write the book, everything changed. Like, I feel like, like we said, it's that outlet. And again, it's the pen to paper, the journaling, the, the out of mind into something and writing was your gift so it made so much sense that you were going to thrive in this arena and I've read the book and it is so beautiful and I think even as a best friend what being with you on that journey even reading the story again was just so profound like it was so lovely and I urge everyone to read it and um, we'll share the link in the notes of the um show as well so people can purchase it and it's not a morbid read as well so I just want to let everyone know that it's actually very light-hearted and it's got really beautiful memories in there that you've added that I yeah there was it's it's so it feels um like spring I don't know the books that has mm -hmm. that kind of energy um which is so lovely and I think that really sums up who you are like this um you know you come across as like firm and strong but actually you're just a field of daisies that is who your <laughs> wow. soul is yes wow updating <laughs> tinder profile immediately <laughs> <laughs> no but um yeah I would say what kind of made you then get into this job and then we'll kind of go into how this kind of relates together yeah I mean that was a journey in itself um so I used to uh work for um a national newspaper don't worry I wasn't a journalist um but I used to work for a national newspaper in um a managerial role for sales um, and I'd been there for a very, very long time, too long, some may say. Um, and during, I think it was COVID, COVID was, COVID was the tipping point for me. Um, I know a lot of people absolutely hated COVID for, for the right reasons, you know, a lot of people struggled with that and that's totally understandable. 
but um weirdly I thrived I absolutely loved not having any social engagements um having an excuse and blaming Boris for not being able to attend something um but it also gave and I think this is the same for everyone aside from all the kind of brutality of what Covid brought to people um I think it gave a lot of people the opportunity to to rest to stop analyze what's going on in their, their life and actually start evaluating what what serves them and what no longer does serve them and for me that was the job I was in I, I, it didn't fulfill me in any way shape or form um I felt creatively suffocated um, and this was actually before I'd, I'd actually released the book um before I self-published um and I'd already you know pen to paper as it were and wrote my resignation that was ready to go and if luck would have it um I say luck a lot of people disagree but I got made redundant after covid um and I took a year out I took a complete year out I had the vision of never returning to a nine to five didn't didn't want that involvement at all couldn't stand the idea of going back to a job um but money runs out right if something's always going out and nothing's coming in money runs out um during that time is when I self-published uh so that was absolutely incredible that's when I found that kind of zest for life again um and during that year out I kind of every every intuition that I ever that I've had during that time was telling me that I needed to do something mental health related or something involving people which for a majority of people that know me it's quite strange because as much as I do now feel and we'll probably come on to this later that my purpose is people um I'm probably the least people person internally anyway um much preferred dogs but that that was a light, light bulb moment you know that I needed to do not needed but I wanted and without being really cheesy but my soul my soul burned to help people and that, that's the only way I can describe it so I did the daunting job searches and you, you you're fully aware of that process I was absolutely annoyed at every time I had to send a CV off because it is a grueling process and it was almost facing that 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 kind of beast that I didn't want to see again which is that nine to five aspect you know and then this job came up you know substance misuse worker and I thought oh you know what's that about what what on earth is that going to entail and then I applied for it DBS check took absolutely ages to the point I, I had me questioning have I done something um and you know thankfully I hadn't hadn't you know lost my subconscious one night and done something illegal um and then I I, I got I got the okay um and started in November I believe and I can honestly say it has been one of the most eye-opening, um, enjoyable, and I know that's a really, really strange word of choice of word considering the the industry that it's in. But seeing people in such misery, now bear with me here, I know how this sounds, but seeing people in such misery and such internal pain. Um, through you know choices of their own or you know just just complete unfortunate circumstances that society's basically chosen for them in in, in some respects 
and being able to help them and support them through some of these challenges and seeing that light bulb moment go off in their head is one of the most fulfilling things I've ever think I, I've experienced in life to be fair don't get me wrong there are some days that I wish I'd stayed in bed um but I think that's with every job right um even if you are absolutely doing your purpose there's going to be days that you think oh work great um but I can honestly say this isn't a job this isn't a nine to five it's not working for a company it's not lining the pockets of someone it's actually I'm going to work every day with the ability and the opportunity to completely help someone change their life um and I, I think this is for the time being is exactly where I need to be um and it's through this job that I've worked out my purpose is people mm. as um ironic as that is no it's I mean for anyone that knows you it's not ironic at all because I think um you consider yourself as an introvert but I know you as not being an extrovert but being so compassionate and being the shoulder that everyone goes to to cry on and you know being the pillar of a lot of friendships and naturally you just emit this um aura of just comfort and I think that's what people need and I think that's you know something I've always seen in you and for you and when this job came up I was like you need to apply for it this is perfect you know I was like yes do it and I think you're like oh gosh I don't know but you know hearing all of your stories as we go into more detail you know off you know in life we we talk about it and stuff and just hearing how much you've made an impact and it's just through being who you are mate do you know what I mean and that's really what, what gifts are and I think what I'll say is um you said about the money running out now I per I think that money's a mindset but in this situation for your life I think the money had to run out to push you to get that job because your natural state of being is chill I'll just I'll just chill yeah. and be safe I will chill if be I safe. chilled anymore if I got more laid back I'd probably be horizontal you know yeah. most of the time and that that's why I feel like the universe had to put that in front of you to mm. make you do this thing because this is like so life-changing it was only the other day when you said to me I think my purpose is people I was like I've known this forever <laughs> like, I've literally known this this is exactly what you should be doing and it it's just so beautiful for me to see you fully step into that as well because I think um you know we can think and say things about the people we love all the time but until you acknowledge it for yourself will you fully take that space and give yourself the permission to shine Mm. and be the full version of yourself so it's so wonderful and lovely you know to experience that but I think let's go now into a little bit of the link between the two because this is really where we have like really deep conversations about and it's so powerful and um yeah I feel like it's really important to share yeah absolutely um so I think anyone that works in substance misuse industry um will probably tell the same story um every single person that I have dealt with and I've only been there I'm you know I'm still I'm still a baby compared to the the guys I work with who've been doing it for years and incredible what I do um but it's it not one person that comes through those doors hasn't got mental health issues um and when I say issues I'm I'm talking deep-rooted trauma um typically starting childhood trauma um that just hasn't been or hasn't had the opportunity to heal um and then I, I see a lot of kind of systematically broken people um and what I mean by that is where the system has really failed them really let them down um there's been occasions where 
I'm, I'm mindful not to say too much because of confidentiality, but there's there's been occasions where there's a there's people that have been that their treatment's been ended with a mental health service because they've got substance issues. Um, and for me, being so black and white in the way I think sometimes, like so logical um, to my own detriment at, at times, you know, I just, I can't understand how, how that people can't tell that there is a clear link here. Um, and I know that they know, you know, that, that's the reason why mental health services and, and drug misuse services um, exist, but, it's almost that kind of passing the buck. Um, you know, if someone has an addiction, then that they need to sort that problem out before we we deal with the mental health issues. Which, in in theory, maybe maybe a great idea, but actually, the reality is the reason why they've got substance misuse issues is because they've got deep rooted trauma, um, an incredible backlog of mental health problems. Um, and, and I think, it, it. And, yeah, absolutely. And any problem has to be taken by the root you know no no one wakes up one day I don't care you know the myths and the stereotypes nobody wakes up one day and decides that taking illicit drugs is a great idea and I'm talking you know hard illicit drugs mm. no one chooses that for fun nobody I don't care how, what stereotypes you you have pre-made about someone there is always an underlying reason as to why someone turned to that and nine times out of ten, from from the conversations I have with with the clients, it's it's a numbing aspect. They take Absolutely. it to numb their mind, to mask um, their pain, to mask their pain. And every single person in life is is doing that one way or the other. One way or the other, people are masking something. And I think we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago um, when I think society at the moment, just looking around, it's people are putting on smiles that actually if you scratch a little bit under that surface people are struggling people are really really struggling so and you and collectively you can feel it you know energetically wise you can feel it you can feel that kind of collective I wouldn't say suffering but there's a collective pain oh um, yeah for sure and I think the pandemic really heightened that mm. awareness as well because I I always say like for me as as you the the pandemic really um was a great time for me to go inwards and do the work and mm. without the pandemic I would have still been using busyness um and burnout to cover up obviously my mental health issues now I say burnout I mean is in that thing of working to the bone because then I didn't yeah. have to feel and that was in exactly, the grind mentality for so many yeah, years exactly that hustle culture and I felt like mm. that defined my worth and it really is about like what I keep saying about this um we're going through that age of Aquarius now where it's we're coming into the rise of the feminine and what I mean by that is a rise of the feminine energy which is all about the being so we are understanding that this um patriarchal way of grinding hard doesn't work anymore and I think that what I always say in in every situation is that when you lead with vulnerability you get returned with vulnerability and I think that's really one actionable thing that people that are listening can do in order to get to the root of a lot of things. I think like as you mm. said, like scratching the surface, you know, like people always say, oh, are you okay? How are you doing? No one actually is asking, how are you doing? They're just saying, you are, right, how are you doing? And, and that's really the problem because if we actually did say, how are we doing really and truly? And most of the time we'd be like, oh, do you know what? I'm really shattered. I've had a busy week this week, but I'm plowing through. Or to be honest, mate, I need a day off. I'm exhausted, but here we are. Do you know what I mean? Like that would be mm. the real reality of a lot of people, what they're thinking instead of this toxic positivity thing where we're like, I'm good, you. 
if you're not good, just be honest. Like that's really yeah, how I live absolutely. my life now. And a lot of people are taken aback as well when I say, yeah. um, "Oh, you know, I'm a bit overwhelmed at the minute because I've got this and this going on." But um, apart from that, I'm, I'm all right, you know. Or if mm. I'm not having a good day, I'll be like, "Do you know what? Today's not a good day, but you know, is what it is." And and a lot of people are like, "Oh, okay." And then they're like, actually, do you know what? Yeah, I'm the same. And then that opens the door for these conversations. But, yeah, you know, in your workplace, these people are years and years down the line of using these things as a form of escapism from their da- mm. daily life. And I, and I feel like the pain is so deep that they don't want to open Pandora's box because that's when no. obviously it will purge out. And almost they're living in a purge, aren't they, really? Because it's all just like coming up and there's no control and it's all crazy and stuff. And I think it goes back to that thing about, you know, that Oprah Winfrey book that I talk about all the time, that Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Perry, what happened to you? We're also quick Mm -hmm. to judge these people as substance abuse users or like alcoholics or whatever, but no one's actually saying what happened to you to get you to this point. Can we give you some sort of holistic therapy to help? Have you listened to meditation? Do you listen to, um, hypnosis you know like no one's giving those bits of advice and I know a lot of the time in those situations as well people seem unhelpful but if you don't go the right way around it's never going to work do you know what I mean it's like trying to get for a brick wall with a hammer it's not going to work you either need a bulldozer or you just need to climb around the sides or go over the top do you know what I mean yeah I think obviously during the time that I've been there um and like I said it's, it's only been a short while in in theory um but you know there is resistance there is resistance for these people and and for me the way I see it is you've got you've got a human being for as long as they can remember has had to well not had to but they have lived in a survival mode and they that is their go-to they survive on a daily basis um however that looks for them is completely different to how it may look for us you know our survival is completely different to, to someone else's but they are constantly in a survival mode and I think some of the resistance is because because of the, the the kind of environments they're in and the circles they may keep, um, that that survival instinct is that they're always on a defense. And actually, when someone is trying to help them, their mentality might go straight to, okay, so for what reason? You know, for, what's the hidden agenda here? Because of that survival mode that they're always in, and that resistance comes from fear. They're probably absolutely scared of the uncertainty because they may never have seen a day of sober in their life. Um, and I think being that constant person in their corner to say, actually, do you know what, mate, you've got this, you, you know, and I know that sounds a bit toxic as in like toxic um, positivity, but actually just that one phrase, they've probably never heard that for years. They've probably never heard that for years. I don't think that's toxic at all, mate, because you, you're saying it because you believe it. Yeah, and I think that's the difference. It's like, you see something in them that they can't see for themselves. And that's, the, mm. in a way, mate, you're mentoring without even realising it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's Every day is a, co- is a, is a yeah. coaching, you know, Absolutely. coaching kind of job, but, but really. What I'll say on that as well is that um, we are creatures of habit. So what's happened mm-hmm. is because they've been constantly shown that they aren't good enough or they're not worthy or all of these things, that, again, is a deeply embedded narrative that they're believing because it's all they've ever been shown so it takes real courage and bravery to be like you know what I don't want to follow this anymore and that goes for so many of us in different you know avenues whether it's like relationships 
abuse um mm. trauma and anything you know monetary things you know we all have the capability to change how we look at things and how we move through our lives but if we've yeah. only ever saw one side it's really hard and I think that's why mm. you know having someone to support you is so important but equally the little baby steps need to be celebrated too because those baby yeah. steps are actually one of the hardest things because the strides get bigger the more confident you get and the more easier it becomes but those first steps out of it that really is so hard and I think um, yeah. you know I, I already know that you've had some successful cases already in the in the last few months and it just shows that you know you're in alignment with who you are and what you should be doing but equally like it's resonating because people need you do you know what I mean they need your light mm. in that space which is so lovely man I'm so happy that you know these people get to share you and because obviously I've I've shared you my whole life you know it's been nice could you help me through <laughs> you know some of my dark times and I know that obviously we've we've been there for each other which is lovely but when obviously it's in a work setting it's you know helping more people isn't it which is yeah, yeah purpose and all the good stuff all the good stuff so I like to always ask like obviously mm. with your um with writing your you're not gonna ask me for money are you <laughs> no <laughs> um with your book and then like dealing with the trauma yourself like as in you know the grieving and then also the work you're doing now do you feel like there's been life lessons that you've had to keep learning you know is there like certain things that keep popping up that you are still going through to push through because I think it's always nice for us to hear that you know not everyone's perfect and amazing we're all still struggling in our own things absolutely yeah um every single day I get shown something that I need to work on and continue to push through every day and I think actually that should be the way um I don't think we should ever lose that aspect of learning especially about ourselves um so to be perfectly blunt my biggest my biggest thing and it will I think for many years to come it's going to be something I'm going to have to work on really hard to unpack and as to why it's even there but the the validation aspect of you know I don't take compliments very well at all you know I don't um I get awkward I get just absolutely strange um it just it um, it not unsettles me but it just I don't like hearing it I can take criticism can take that on the chin all day long um but that validation aspect is very a very foreign um kind of idea to me and I think that's because uh, and we, we have these deep chats all the time but society set up for us to basically just the rat race right that's exactly all it is it's you go to school you learn the school curriculum to make sure that you go out and get a job and pay back into the government pretty much that's that's how it's set up um and as much as I was okay at school, I was still very, very average. Um, and, you know, family were definitely supportive. You know, I went to uni and I've done this, I've done that, but I was never, I wouldn't say I've ever been the best at anything. Does that make sense? Not that I felt that anyway, because I've never had that, almost that validation aspect of, you know, th this is this is what you are. And it's only at later life that started coming in. And I think that's where the uncomfortable aspect of dealing with, those compliments or or those identifications of validation comes in um and that's something I'm definitely going to have to unpack um because I know I'm capable of greatness I'm, I'm absolutely aware of that it's just sitting with that idea that that actually other people might be able to see that too and that makes me feel really really uncomfortable and I have no idea why I have no answers to that I know why um, go on 
because I feel like you're comfortable playing the the backing person like the person that's lifting everyone else up but actually the thought Mm. of you standing in the spotlight just shining is scary for you but you know you've been shining this whole time mate and I think it's just you that doesn't see yourself as stepping forward but everyone around you does and I think yeah. that's that's the thing there. <laughs> Even now, you're like, yeah, but, yeah, it's just uncomfortable. But you, mate, yeah, but you know, but you know it's true. Like you know it's mm. true, and you know that you're worthy of all of that stuff, and that you even know yourself that writing the book was a massive achievement, and like everything yeah. you've gone through is a massive achievement. And you know, from where we live and our circumstances, and all of these things that we are pushing the narrative of what was expected of us, especially from the school that we went to, mm. a lot of people had children really young out of school like we're talking teenagers um or you know we're on on the government benefits now which you know I'm not judging anyone for that and it's circumstantial I understand but equally we chose not to live that narrative and we pushed Mm. through you know regardless of what traumas we have experienced I think that you know you are worthy of the compliments it just feels weird to accept them doesn't it just feels so weird yeah I don't think I'll ever get comfortable with that I think you will all right well I'll make you I'll have to take one of your classes yeah you will and I'll beat you Mm. I'll be like you will love yourself and you do love yourself this is the thing I do do I do I do yeah I'm very and I think that's definitely one of the aspects just to go back on to the the question you asked about obviously the journey through the book and um and the grief process in in such is the the self I don't know how to articulate this but I have never been so comfortable with who I am as a person as a, and as a being on this planet as much as I have after and during the, the grief process. Obviously, during the grief process, and anyone that's experienced it or has witnessed someone experience it, when you're in that, that tornado, you cannot see anything apart from flashbacks of what's happened. You know, you can't see your growth, no matter how obvious it may be or may not be to others you you can't see anything you, you know you can't see beyond what's happening in that present mm. um which ironically actually is what people strive for you know is to live in the present um and something so dark as grief actually gives you the ability to do that um and for that I'll ever be, I'll, I'll forever be grateful you know because it's allowed me to become the person I am um and what was the question again I completely forgot um what did I say um the lessons that you needed to keep learning lessons yeah um one I suppose one of the biggest lessons and I still take this today um and I always and I know you'll champion this as well um I'll always tell people um the same advice that I give myself is feel feel everything um sit with it you know if you Mm -hmm. are really really not feeling okay sit with that feeling don't do not try and make yourself better um, by doing anything that doesn't feel authentic in that moment if you want to have a good cry then you just sob your heart out sob your little heart out because the reason why you're upset and the reason why you feel like you need to cry is because your body is telling you to do so so stop ignoring it you wouldn't ignore it if you was hungry you wouldn't ignore anything else that's you know physical feeling that you might enjoy but you we're all too quick to kind of suppress any sort of emotion that people don't want to see um and I think that that comes down that comes down to again self self self-worth um Mm. and I I think that's one of the biggest lessons I mean obviously Mother's Day just gone 
and mate it was it was painful and it's it's what seven years on seven years on um not that there is any time limit on how grief affects anyone mm. and it's it certainly doesn't then that's one of the biggest lessons actually sorry I'm yeah. rambling now no, no, no. um one of the biggest things is grief does that that old saying of time's a healer I call bs on that actually um purely because it doesn't get any less painful it it will always have that sting in its tail every single year every single day every single minute you know and that's not to be dark and gloomy on it what happens is grief doesn't change its size grief Mm. stays exactly the same size and it stays exactly the same place as it is when it started inside you the only thing that changes is you your life starts adapting around it yeah it's got nothing to do with time um and obviously I don't want to go too deep because time doesn't exist in, in that in that realm. But you as a person will grow naturally, you know, whether that be new careers or, you know, um, new relationships or broken relationships, something around your life changes. Um, grief doesn't. Grief stays exactly the same. It's got nothing to do with time whatsoever. Um, so it will always be painful. And, you know, Mother's Day this year. I let myself stay in bed for a bit. I stayed in bed most of the day, I'm not going to lie. Um, had a little cry to myself. Did stare at myself in the mirror and realise this is weird. Um, but I, I did, I, I sat with it. I sat with it and I let myself feel it. I have let myself, myself feel it because there have mm. been occasions where I haven't, where I haven't yeah. because it's that self-deprecating idea that, well, it's been this long now, I should feel better. Well, why? For who? No. For whose purpose? For Absolutely. Who are you suiting for, with that? You know, it's not gonna. It's not gonna change anything. You know, to make other people comfortable in your own misery is is not is not the one. No, just absolutely. feel, just feel what you need to feel. And yeah, I completely vouch for that myself because obviously, as we know, I've not been an emotional person. Like I wasn't an emotional person for a large chunk of my life, and that was the armoring up for my grief that I experienced. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, my thing I like to say now is um, they're called feelings because you're supposed to feel them, and that is literally it, isn't it? You have to feel it. You have to sit in it. And I think as well, um, just for life's sake, and I say this all the time, it's the seasons. You know, we can't be in summer and happy time all the time. You have to let yourself go down to come back up again because you wouldn't yeah. appreciate anything if you if you were constantly on a high. So I think um, all of it is is just all connected. And I think with the grief, it just reminds us of, you know, that beautiful memory of the person. And it's it's a wonderful thing that we have the ability to remember that love and that space for that person always. So I think that... Yeah grief is just almost like memories isn't it you know almost absolutely like missing it, it, grief is grief is a reminder of the love that we've lost that's yeah. that's that's what it is right and I I think that is a really cliche saying but you know the reason why cliches exist is because they're true yeah. um but I, I think as well um you know one of the biggest things that got me through my journey is a saying I can't remember who said it but it is quite a famous quote which is pain is inevitable but suffering is the optional part you know we're all pain is always going to exist mm. we we're the only the only thing we control about pain is how we what and and how much energy we allow that pain to, to sit with you know um and I, yeah brave face no such thing what's the point what is the point of brave face who are you brave facing for because it ain't yourself and that's exactly it isn't it it's like when you when you love yourself fully you embrace all of those parts and mm. um 
yeah I, I love that saying too it's a really nice one because I think my thing always is go through it you know like get, yeah. get through it because if you try to avoid it and go round and under it it's going to come and rear its ugly head at some point or it'll mm-hmm. catch up with you and it'll catch your towel and it'll overcome you at some point so it's better to just go through it get through the other side of it and you'll find that you've cleared another obstacle or like if you're looking at it as like a video game it's like you've you've leveled up to the next level of whatever it is you know but you have to get through it in order to be able to really um experience the beauty of that part but yeah thank you that was all really lovely um what I was going to ask you as well is can you Mm -hmm. think about one iconic moment in your life where you did give yourself the permission to be your truest fullest self I won't say permission to shine because you don't like being shiny so I'm just saying <laughs> as in like when it when was that time that you thought do you know what Ooh. this moment in my life was when I was like no I'm stepping forward into the world this is my time I'm taking up space um I mean to be fair I think that the first time um was when I wrote the book well not wrote the book when I published the book for me that was a massive step that was a huge step you know um, not only putting myself out there as even now it is cringy to, for me to say it's not cringy but it it feels cringy to me to say oh, I'm an author like okay cool um cool story bro uh you know I'm an author but I think f- for me that the the kind of shining aspect was for three years of my life I completely bared my soul and only I had, and a select few had a had a privilege of kind of getting that that soul bearing in the book, and then went through the corrections process, and that was a grief process in itself. Um, got completely ripped apart for all the right reasons um, to make it the best best possible kind of product in a sense. Um, but that was grueling, you know, letting someone completely read read what you've bared and say actually you need to change that you, you need to completely rewrite that it's almost like well how how dare you how dare you do that and I think for me that was as soon as that happened that process I was just like actually do you know what I some of it I took on board some of it I didn't because at that moment I felt confident enough in what I what I've done and, and that was my story that's how I wanted to tell it and that was my way of saying do you know what you, you've got the permission now as you said to just put this out in the world and I won't lie I had complete anxiety for about 17,000 hours after I hit submission um, and realized that it was now accessible to the whole world really Um, not that the whole world's bought it yet Um, but um, yeah that was just it was that was mind-boggling and I don't think I'll ever ever get used to that feeling of saying I've got a published book I've got a self-published book that is available for anyone to go and read and I think that's not only my shining moment as you said but it's probably one of the best achievements I've ever had done in my entire life yeah absolutely mate and I you know I always say to Jade I'm like can you just tell everyone hi I'm Jade Price I'm an author <laughs> or can you put it in your bio and things because she just keeps herself so modest and I think that's really mm. what it is for you you know you're so modest and humble and um I think really and truly you know like it is incredible how many people do we know that have written her book I mean personally yeah. not many at all so massive achievement in your lifetime let alone right now and who you are yeah. so it's incredible mate and I know that there'll be more to come which is exciting 
Well, oh, this yeah. is what I was going to say. And what's funny about that is, um, as soon as I hit kind of submit and then I posted about it, as you do, trying to get that kind of, because I'd spoke about it for years, because obviously it takes me three years to write. And I spoke about it endlessly saying, oh, you know, I'm writing a book. Blah, blah, blah. That's kind of my, like, not party trick, but something, you know, niche. Um, and as soon as I let everyone know it had done, it, the, the first question was, well, when's the next one? It was like, well, I've only literally just finished this one. Um, and I, But I think that to me is kind of that, that rearing its ugly head of validation almost in the sense of, uh, do I ever actually see myself as an author? Do I see myself writing another one? The, the chances are yes, because I do feel that that's something I'm very good at and that's me being as modest as I can be um but do I see myself as like the JK Rowling of, of grief no and I don't, definitely want I don't want to be the Adele of grief you know coming out every six years with a different grief book that's just not it's not going to be great is it well I hope for your life doesn't allow that for for that well, anyway yeah exactly I don't want that to happen um no but, but yeah I, I mean it's based on our conversations knowing that that's there's been ideas that have swam around for a long yeah. time and that's where I'm yeah. going from not on my expectation because I don't expect any of it from you at all but I know that we've spoken about it for years and it's just been something that comes up and down every time but um yeah thank you for all of your lovely insights and you've definitely given embedded bits of advice throughout of this but I kind mm. of want you to just share some top tips for what's worked for you with let's say two for healing grief and then two things that you do when you are overwhelmed to de-stress okay um so dealing with grief I think is one of if, if I had the answer to that I'd probably be a multi-billionaire um there is no dealing with grief and as 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 cynical as that may say seem the reason why I say that is because it's one, it's not linear. You know, there is a grief cycle, which, you know, is certain stages in grief, but it doesn't mean that it is in order. It's a cycle. So that means it, it can go anywhere. You know, you can start from here and go that way or that way. Um, and it's a cycle that doesn't end because it is a cycle. That means it's a continuous thing. Um, so it's not linear. It's never going to end. And again, this does sound all very morbid and stuff, but it doesn't have to be that darkness. It doesn't have to be that cloud. Um, you like a, the way, okay, the way I look at it and the way I saw it and what changed for me in the grief process was you've got two options with grief. You can either allow grief to be the protagonist in your life or you can be the protagonist in your own life and deal with grief that way. Um, and, and to kind of put that in layman terms is you can either live inside grief or you can allow grief to live inside you. And allowing grief to live inside you is the only way you're going to survive. So what, um, I, I feel that completely and absolutely understand that, but what was your coping mechanisms through, you know, that time? Let's just have two things that, you, I mean, and like we said, this is so overarching as a point where we are so all individual and the way we deal with things mm. is all completely different but we just want to know what worked for you in in this time other than writing the book or maybe yeah. the book writing the book was the main one and that's absolutely okay you know yeah I mean I mean for me the book completely saved my life and that's not me being dramatic you know um there were some very dark thoughts in that process um of grief and the book acted as my kind of 
saviour in a sense you know whatever was in here was on paper um so you, you know you don't have to go into you know when people say write your thoughts down you don't have to be looking at you know the end product of those thoughts you, it can literally just be writing down what what's in your mind and maybe burning it later or, or do whatever get rid of it shred it whatever as long as it's out of your head I'll definitely you know record it somehow however you need to and therapy therapy please please by all means yes the waiting list are you know absolutely excruciating but please I I urge every every single person on the planet whether it's grief or anything needs to need therapy we all need therapy um but grief in particular and I, I think going through therapy was definitely definitely what I needed and it helped heaps helped absolutely heaps because one of the biggest things that you go through in grief is you don't want to burden anyone mm. and the reason why we don't want to burden anyone is because there's people we love and it's people that are also going through that same thing um whereas when you go to therapy to put it in the nicest way possible you're telling a stranger that's getting paid for it absolutely so, so use it go to therapy that's yeah a hundred percent and that's so you know both things you said there are always things that I talk about you know the writing it down the mental outlet it's like mm. you know you can write it down on paper you could soundboard it in a voice note to yourself where no one has to listen to it you discard yeah. of it however you wish but as long as it's out of your mind it's out of your body and mm. again I, I pair that up with a physical release so it's like you know like for me it's moving but then I am a dance background but I know that even just you know for yourself you were walking a lot you've got you've always had dogs you know like for you always out in fresh air that's something that some you just naturally do um mm. and then the therapy aspect you know that is the nail on the head right there isn't it we always feel burned burdened by the people we love and if we ever told the person we love even if we appeared to be in a really great state of mind if we told them I'm having really dark thoughts at the moment they'd be scared they'd be panicking whereas yeah. someone you don't know that you're paying for that service they're going to help you reframe everything or they'll just sit there and listen either way you are getting what's blocking you out of your body and you're freeing your, that, that space for you to live ultimately isn't mm. it so yeah, yeah no that that's definitely it so, yeah, thank you so much for all of that. My last thing is always my little soul to soul message. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. a bit of a channeled message. It's like in this moment, what do you think that someone listening would need to hear? Maybe it's a past version of yourself would need to hear. Maybe it's, um, yeah, just whatever comes to you right now that's like really soul led um, What that you want to share. No pressure. Um I think as human beings, we are so, like, and you brought this up earlier, actually, and this is probably why it sat in my, my head, is we are so used to taking the easy route. And what I mean by that is familiarity. I can never say that word. Things that feel familiar. That's the one. Thank you. Um, we're so used to doing that. We're so used to sitting in comfort because we are creatures of habit. And that's why some of us have bad habits, because we're so used to the outcome. Um, until you take that first step into unfamiliar territory, you're never going to understand the opportunities that lie before you. Um, if you're always in, if you're putting yourself in a fishbowl on all the time, then then how how do you know that you know if you're in a fishbowl, how could you possibly know if there's a lake underneath you? You know, mm -hmm. you need to step out. You need to step out of your uncomfort uh, your comfort zone at all times. Mm, and that's we're, we're not put on 
we're not put on earth to settle and I genuinely believe that no one on, on earth is put here to settle um, and, and we should always yeah. be challenging ourselves absolutely mate and that's everything that I say all the time you know that nothing mm. grows in your comfort zone and um yeah like growth and like amazing things are just outside of that comfort zone so it's not about you know bulldozing everything out and just really going for it it's about just taking a little step and another step and another step and you'll get to where you're supposed to be but yeah mm-hmm. so 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 many wise words there mate and it delivered in such a gentle familiar kind way which is I think what we all need to hear and see and do and be so I hope that everyone listening really just you know appreciated the fact that you know life isn't linear and there are ups and downs for every situation and you know just being kind to yourself is enough in a lot of ways you know and it's just prioritizing that self-care element and it's not you know for us it's not glamorized it's it's just literally knowing that I don't have a lot to give today I'm just going to do me for a while you know and that's the the deepest love of self-care is like you know being able to acknowledge your own boundaries and honor them and I think that's something that you do so well you know you're very clear on if if it's like a last minute plan or if you're not feeling great that day you're never sacrificing your own peace of mind and care for pleasing others and I think that's something that we can all take from and what um you know why boundaries are so important but equally it's it's just to show and and know that we are the center of our universes so if we are not full then we can't give anymore and that's the core absolutely and and on the self-care thing you know and and like you said um loving loving ourselves. and I know a lot of people probably take that as an egotistical thing but look at the different sense you know if we're constantly showing up for others how can we possibly show up for others the best way before we show up for ourselves absolutely you know, we have to we have to show up for ourselves before we can give to others you know you can't you, you can't offer a, a drink of water from an empty cup absolutely I was about to say that can't give for an empty cup another one that I like mm. to say so you have to fill your cup up first and then you can pour absolutely. out to others and equally absolutely. on that as well just as a theme of the podcast this episode today is that um acknowledging our trauma and the things that have happened to us in our lives will always be the most rewarding and necessary thing to do in order to step forward into your own light you have to go back and understand before you can go forward and that was evident from grief from the clients that you work with if we can address Mm. that trauma that thing that's holding us back and we can snap the cord of that understand it fully we'll completely traject forward into the direction of our dreams and goals and soul's purpose as you have mate so yeah And and I think for those that haven't possibly gone through any of that, I think compassion is also needed because, and I've said this to you before, you know, when we had a conversation is every single person on the the planet is traumatized, but not everyone's traumatized. Mm. There's a difference. Um, And for those that are not traumatized, that's where the compassion needs to come stronger because there's people out there dealing with silent battles that you'll never understand. Mm. Um, And judgment is never going to help. So I think it. compassion is something that we all all need to to practice more. 100%. And instead of thinking why they like or they're really hard work or whatever, it's like actually what what what's happened to them to make them like that? Because mm. people aren't just mean and cold and horrible, quote unquote, for no reason. It's always something that's happened, isn't it? The root of it. But Absolutely. thank you so much for your time, Jade. And I think where can people buy your book? Amazon. So it's only on Amazon. Um, you can either type my name in 
or um, I think you're going to put the, the title. Yeah, I will uh, put it in the, the I'll put the link. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's paperback, hardback, and ebook. So it's on Kindle as well. Amazing. Thanks so much for joining me, Jade. And I hope that the listeners enjoyed our episode because for us, this is just like normal catch up conversations. So. This is just like our Sundays, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. It is. But yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I'll thank you everyone for listening. And yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Have a great week. Lots of love. Take care. Permission to Shine with Sharice Bisram, self-love and empowerment mentor and facilitator. To work with me, head to my website on my social media platforms. I offer sessions such as workshops in schools and workplaces. I deliver talks and I also have programs available and I'm available for one-to-one sessions on a six-month, three-month and six-week basis. My work is all about taking you through the journey of self-discovery all the way to true, authentic confidence and empowerment, unlearning and dismantling all of your limiting beliefs, getting to the root of who you are inside and building you up on a foundation of self-worth, self-acceptance, self-awareness and deep self-love. You are the only you there is and that is your superpower.